You're listening to Creators in Saigon, a podcast based in the rapidly modernizing city of Saigon, Vietnam. I'm Dana, and together with my co-hosts, Tuesi and Nico, we interview the most inspiring creative entrepreneurs Saigon has to offer on topics about life, relationships, creativity, business, health, and more. We are all coaches specializing in different areas, but our common goal is to inspire you to reach your full potential in these areas and improve the quality of your life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to an episode of Creators in Saigon. Uh, this is Tuesi. Today, I'll be co-hosting with uh, Dana. And uh, our guest today is uh, the fantastic uh, Crystal. Very excited about this guest today because I think she has a very interesting life. Uh, we're going to deep dive into that. How are you first, Crystal? Hello, everyone. I am freaking excited. This yeah. is my first time on a podcast. So Ooh, you is. guys are popping my podcast cherry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about it. All right. And Dana, how are you? I'm great. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read the bio. It goes, um, your name is Crystal Osuji. Correct. Yes. Uh, you're a pole dancing Holistic wellness coach, uh, you help millennial women find balance in their lives by helping them tap into their own power within. Throughout your life, you've always stood out. As a daughter of Nigerian immigrant parents, growing up in the U.S. with the influence of two different cultures oftentimes made you feel insecure in your beliefs. You weren't sure uh, which way was the right way to live your life, and you felt like you always had to choose. You learned from an early age to trust your guts, and to believe in what felt right for you. You have dedicated your entire life to the holistic lifestyle and inspire your clients through your own self-healing journey to be driven to achieving their goals. Crystal has yeah. been on my radar for a while because mm-hmm. we, we met like over a year ago doing it, this accountability group for other yeah. like women entrepreneurs in mm-hmm. Saigon and... Yeah, that was you. You got to see me before Creators in Saigon was even a thing. I, I yeah. was like going through it. Sure, like I, was, I was. You know, it was just an idea, a little idea in my head. Yeah, and now it's real, and now you're here. Yeah, I think it's really awesome just to see the growth that like we have had since yeah. that first encounter. I think mm-hmm. it's really amazing, and I, I again, I'm I'm really glad to be here. So thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. 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 So let's start with the. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience living in Vietnam. We'll, we'll start with that, and then we'll go back. Okay, so I have it's, it's kind of it's kind of cool because I initially like Vietnam was never on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a massage, so I have to kind of tell you my story a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. I was a massage therapist in the states, mm-hmm. and um, I suffer from a condition known as eczema, and uh, it was flaring up a lot on my hands, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to find another way to massage without using my hands so much. And uh, Thai massage was always appealing to me because it's basically like stretching or like yoga for like lazy people. And I was like, I want to go. And me, I've always been the person where if I want to learn something, I want to go to the place of origin. And so I was like, I want to go to Thailand to learn this art. And uh, while I was there, my eczema flared up a lot. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, I am coming here to further my career as a massage therapist, but... <laughs> You know, I'm here and I and it's flaring up even more. So mm-hmm. for me, that was the moment when I realized, okay, I need to figure out 
what is going on in my with my body. Like, mm-hmm. I need to get to the bottom of it. Otherwise, this is going to be a recurring thing. One of my friends from the States was going to teach in Vietnam. And uh, I was only supposed to be gone for three months. Even my boss to this day is like, oh, you'll be back. And I'm like, eh, it'll either be three months or never. <laughs> and so he, so I ended up coming. I ended up uh, meeting my friend in Thailand. And he was like, uh, I told him, I really love this part of the world. I want to stay here. And he was like, oh, just teach English. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, just teach English. I'm doing that in Vietnam. And I was like, okay, Vietnam, though? He's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, Vietnam's actually pretty cool. And I was like, well, all right, well, let's see. And yeah, I was like, well, I needed to, I needed to travel here to ex- explore first before I made a decision. And so in three weeks, I was sold. And uh, I taught for a little bit in Thailand before that, before moving here. Um, yeah, when I first came here, I had like zero dollars. I had like $200 to my name. And mm-hmm. yeah, been uh, in March would be five years. So wow. five years, yeah. And what was it for you when you, what, what sold you in those first three weeks? You know, I feel like, <laughs> I, this, is, this is just the way I explain it. I feel like, Vietnamese are like the black Asians. Like they're very, they're very, up, they're very nice, very sweet, mm-hmm. but they will like tell you like it is mm-hmm. politely. Yeah. You, you know, they'll yeah. still help you out, but listen, girl, like you need to do this. You mm-hmm. know, like everybody is like your mom, like everybody's like your dad. So I really had this like sense of like um, acceptance in the sense of, you know, if I were to live here long term, I would feel like I could also assimilate into the culture. Mm-hmm. Whereas unfortunately, I didn't feel that way in Thailand. So that was kind of the thing that that really sold me. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I could easily connect. And you mentioned like how you've always felt a little bit out of place coming from, you know, your parents are Nigerian and then you grew up in the U.S., right? Yeah. Did you feel more at home in the U.S. or more at home here in terms of the culture? Like, I guess, how would you describe Nigerian mm. culture and is it more uh, similar to the Asian culture here or in the U.S.? Mm. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, Asian culture is very similar to most African cultures. Mm-hmm. I would say like all of them, really. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing is we, we really do have respect for the for the age, yeah. for the elder. Like if you are... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The ancestors, like, yeah. even if you're like uh, five minutes older than somebody, <laughs> yeah, my mom was, you know, my mom, she always says, uh, because like, even in her sisters, like, mm-hmm. if they're an older sister, you call them sister and then their name. Mm-hmm. And so she would always get on us, like, oh, you better be lucky because in Nigeria, like, mm-hmm. if you are, you know, I'm five minutes older, then you have to call them by the name like you have to give them the title Mm -hmm. so that's something that's really important in our in our culture and i feel like that also kind of like i can identify and and relate to and just like maintaining tradition my mom my mom and dad like have very traditional kind of like mindset about just like being able to i guess like preserve the culture Mm -hmm. so like even when i was younger i have four sisters and Mm -hmm. you know my parents didn't really even allow us to like have outside friends until I was about like nine years old Mm because I really think that like maintaining the culture around us you know despite Mm -hmm. the external culture was really important to them so yeah I feel like just the the pride of of culture and also the reverence for the elderly is something that I feel like and just family in general like very Mm -hmm. like family focused and I feel like that's something that uh, I share also with a lot of Asian cultures Mm -hmm. yeah it's tr- in France we we have a 
we I, I grew up in a generation that was like a lot of Asian immigrants and a lot of like African immigrants. Sure. So we grew up together, and there was a lot of Blasian couple. We call them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 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 I remember like you know dating you know black girls, and they were like they were telling this, oh yeah, our cultures are so similar, and then you know we we talk with that respect for our parents that that is very similar that didn't exist in the French culture. Sure, the French yeah. Culture that was like more like dad, give me money, <laughs> or, or, or like uh, you know Francine, like yeah, just, you yeah. know calling by the Your first, first name. name. Yeah, I was like, I was like, if I ever call my mom Euteria, <laughs> I, I couldn't even think that yeah. seriously. My, yeah. my dad would tell me like he would see my French friends or like the Caucasian French friends, and he, they would call their parents for their with their first name and he was like whispering really? at me he's like if you do this one day your jaw is going to be this way <laughs> yeah I'm yeah, dad no, I'm minimum dad or you know father yeah it's mommy until like you're a grandma you know yeah, like I, you know, I, yeah you don't yeah I don't have a first name for you <laughs> right exactly my first name to you doesn't exist yeah so yeah, so, yeah. Um, oh my gosh but say, so you feel more at home, I guess. Like, where is your home? Like, Vietnam right now? You know, I feel like home is where the heart is. You know yes. what I mean? <laughs> um, no, but really, uh, I guess, yeah, for right now, it's, mm. it is home to me. I actually went to visit my original home, Nigeria, for the first time last year. Yeah. So that was quite an experience, a very eye-opening. Yeah, I had never been there before, and I had only heard things. And, you know, my grandma, her health wasn't doing very well, and she really wanted us to come see her. Mm. And so that was, I don't know... That trip was just so many things to me. So my dad passed away in 2013. And uh, when he passed away, he was overseas in Nigeria. And so I went and saw like where he was buried. And it's funny because like not even like two weeks after I came back from my travels, like my, my grandmother had passed away. Mm-hmm. So it almost kind of felt like she was just like waiting for us to to get there. Mm-hmm. And then even that, on, on top of that, like I felt like my eczema, once I got there, was like clearing up. Really? So it it was almost one of those things where I felt like, you know, maybe I had to kind of like go back to my origin just mm-hmm. to kind of experience that environment and all of those things and, you know, maybe that was what I needed mm-hmm. for my healing. So. Yeah. So how was your experience, I guess, like to to be like African-American? Is it okay if I say black or how do you feel about this? How do I feel about you calling me black? Because <laughs> <laughs> you dropped the black Asian. So, so, I mean, you know, honestly, it's it's whatever. Like, yeah. you can call me black. You can call me... Ni- I, I, I also identify with Nigerian-American. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can call me black. You can call me African-American. Again, yeah. it just really depends on, like, your perception of me and, like, yeah. who you are. So well, The intention yeah. behind mine is all up. So if I say black... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just don't say the N-word. It'll be good. <laughs> Nigerian? <laughs> <laughs> so like so how it is to be a African American in Vietnam for the past five years? How has it been? It's been really interesting to see the the evolution of everything. Like grab did not exist when I first came here. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you had to like go on the street and like you know, flag down a sayum, see the sign, and like hope they knew where to take you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and if you got dropped yeah. off in the wrong district because you showed them the wrong street because there's like three of the same street somewhere, then you're just kind of like fucked. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so that's that's changed, and there's just been a, an influx of so many more foreigners living here as well. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Many more black foreigners too. Also, the just random, but like the craft beer scene, yeah. like the it was yeah. it was pretty much non-existent when okay, I first yeah, came yeah. here and it was really just like Pastor Street was like the, one of the first ones and mm-hmm. they had like 
the Jasmine IPA and like some other ones, but like mm-hmm. now you just see them everywhere, and I think that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's just been a lot of evolution. I feel like the the mindset of a lot of Vietnamese, especially ones like our age and like younger, very progressive in their way of like wanting to see change in their mm-hmm. in, in their community. Vegan restaurants are like I mean, and not just the Vietnamese vegan restaurants, but like foreign restaurants mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like before, it was just really hard to find like vegan food, and there was just only a select few but now it's like everywhere like you go in Taudi and you have like so many options like everybody's trying to make cashew cheese you know what I mean like, I'm like yes give me all the cheese yeah so yeah it's definitely definitely uh, evolved a lot yeah so you didn't have any experience with like some Vietnamese racism or anything like this or I mean unless you're kind of like microaggressions in like you know you know like places of employment or mm. you know just in general just like the general like subtleties of like okay um actually we want this like tall white guy here from the from the uk to like do our marketing you know like those kind of things you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i i've never i've mm. never personally experienced it that i can think of um so yeah i think it's more a curiosity yeah. than it is like racism mm-hmm. like my boyfriend he would always because my boyfriend's vietnamese um he would always say oh I, you know race, racism doesn't exist because you know the country is a homogenous culture mm-hmm. so fair enough um but yeah i do i, I have experienced just uh, curiosity like people pulling my hair or like being afraid of my appearance but i i don't think i've ever experienced like blatant yeah. like racism mm-hmm. um and i try not to kind of like surround myself around like areas where I feel like that could be susceptible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just kind of like... So it's a good sign for, like, you know, you said it, like, you know, the, the younger generation, our generation is way more progressive because in my dad's generation, we're so racist. Like, mm. when I grew up in France, he was like, you're not allowed to have Arab friends and black friends. It was like, mm. that's all I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were a rebel then. <laughs> I was like, no, because obviously when your parents say that, the only thing you want to do is the opposite. Is the yeah, opposite. It's like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with this. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, and so, I mean, it's really good to hear your experience and like, you know, you didn't feel discriminated or any type of racism. Was it? Okay, okay. I said I didn't feel racist, but I didn't say I didn't feel discriminated. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like a, a you know, like a, a color-related discrimination, or was it like more woman discrimination in general? You know, I don't know. I've, I, I don't. For example, like I don't have a, a specific story to mm-hmm. to. to I, I would say it's more microaggressions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm like choosing certain people for certain things over yeah. others yeah, yeah. um i would say that would be not, maybe not direct discrimination to myself personally mm-hmm. but yeah i i definitely see that in in general here yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so let's go back to uh last year with what happened in the u.s if you if you want like with the whole black lives matter mm-hmm. um how did you live it personally and how did you explain this to vietnamese people if you were to explain this Um, okay, so to be able to answer this question, I just need to kind of give you a little background about uh, me and my experience with yeah, yeah. like all of that. So I'm from the South. I'm from South Carolina. And mm-hmm. South Carolina is pretty much a red state, mm-hmm. um, meaning 
Republican. Versus um, this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, except for the two, yeah. except for where I was born and like where I went to school. Yeah. Everything else is like red, legitimately. Red. Um, and like, I would, I want to say even like two weeks before I left the States. So I left the States like July 4th, 2015. Mm-hmm. And like two weeks before that, that was when the guy, I can't remember his name, I think his first name was like Dylan. The guy went into the Emmanuel AME church and shot up the nine oh, people. Yeah. So that was my city. And that's literally, like, that whole area was, like, where I went to school and then where I worked. So, like, even just experiencing that before coming here, there was just... Like, I just remember the next day, it would, like, I, like my, so my boyfriend at the time was like, don't go down, don't go downtown, like, somebody's shooting. And I was like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? And then come to find out, like, that's what happened. There was just such a, like, dark cloud of sadness. Like, mm-hmm. everybody was affected by it. And so I said all that to say, like, that was my kind of, like, like, two weeks after that I left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't feel like I left on a, on a proper foot like on the mm-hmm. right foot you know yeah. I, I had a little bit of like frustrations already with the mm-hmm. US because of what had happened in something in a town so close to like I mean I lived there you know what I mean yeah. um, so because it's, it's really it's really uh, easy to kind of remove yourself away from what's happening if it's not directly affecting you mm-hmm. like if your family isn't from like is it Minneapolis or Minnesota or you're just you know and you're not there you you kind of just like oh it's easier for you to kind of like pass judgment on this or that but like if it's like your you you see your friend on the on the tv yeah. and they're like beat by the police or you know so it, it it becomes more personal yeah and i feel like with with the black lives matter especially with what happened to um gosh i'm not good at names um i can't remember his name and george, george yes floyd. george yeah. floyd yeah so what uh what happened with him i think it hit well i didn't watch the video because i just didn't want to um i didn't want to like see a uh, tragedy on on film and so um when all that happened I it really did hit home like mm-hmm. it, it you know we talk about these triggers right yeah, so like yeah, yeah. when that happened I immediately started thinking about what happened in Charleston right before I left and it, it just brought up all these emotions of like mm-hmm. anger and frustration and the fact that you know some people aren't even willing to to see the other side like there mm-hmm. is no other side it's like it's like one of those things that's like you're either inside or you're outside you yeah. know it's like there's no on the fence about it and mm-hmm. I feel like you know that's that's really what Black Matter, Black Lives Matter is it's mm-hmm. just an organization uh, advocating for you know the just the fairness of human fundamental mm-hmm. rights you know yeah, yeah. so how did you explain this to your boyfriend if you like did he ask questions about it because I know my girlfriend was asking me questions about mm. You know, well, okay so one thing about my boyfriend is I would say he's very like he grew up I don't know his parents are just very open minded like so he's in in terms of like the black lives matter i think um you know just because we've been together for a long time so i he didn't really ask questions i feel like mm. he's the type of person where if he wants to know information like he will go look it up like yeah. he will go search and he will go have his own thing and then from the information that he's research if there mm-hmm. if there is something then he'll ask me mm-hmm. but it was more it wasn't more about and this is and i think this is why we uh i've been together so long he, he didn't ask me about the situation he asked about how i felt oh yeah like how good. like about my feelings like mm-hmm. how are you doing mm-hmm. you know and so um and it, going back to that like i think that's 
what drew me to him in the first place. It was like, we didn't see each other like, oh, this black girl. And like, oh, this Vietnamese guy. Oh my God. <laughs> Malaysian baby. You know? yeah. But it was more like, oh, okay, he's a person. He's like, oh, yeah. okay, she's a person. Like, we see each other on that level. Mm-hmm. We should have a Valentine's episode with you two. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I want yeah, to meet cool. the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Know, I mean, relationship. He, he, yeah, yeah, he might be. He, he how, be how long have you guys been together? Uh, we've been together in April. will be four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay, it's time to have a baby then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, be, I'll be sure to send you the photos. <laughs> I'll put them on the group. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, yeah, it would be really nice to have, like, you know, we want to do an episode about relationships in general. So yeah, that would be, that'd be cool. Because, I, you know, sometimes I'm, I'd be interested to hear what he has to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he surprises me, honestly. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. All right, so let's go to your current career right sure. now as a wellness coach yes do you want to tell us a little bit more about this okay so pretty much what i do is i do a lot of one-on-one coaching and i usually coach women who are you know seeking some sort of balance in their life or are kind of struggling to create some sort of like daily routine or daily schedule so i typically meet with them either bi-weekly or weekly depending on you know what their desires are and we kind of like map out what it is that we need to do in order to achieve those goals so and then you know kind of following up with them and holding them accountable of you know the action items that that i give Mm-hmm. What's the website name again? Your website? Uh, so my Facebook page, I still don't have a website because uh, <laughs> Facebook is technology. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's eclectic healing. E C L E C T I C H E A L I N G. Yes, we'll, we will put the link in the uh, in in the description for everybody. Cool. But um, I think Dana, you had that. Yeah. Question. So what? initially led you down that path i know you mentioned before you had Mm. eczema so was there some connection between like like had you had you tried sort of traditional western medicine taking some kind of medication and then it was like this wasn't working or Mm, i see you wanted to go more the holistic route or how did that all kind of ah okay i see so yeah, I throughout my life I have done a lot of uh, I've, I've gone to dermatologists for it, and uh, there's no cure. That's the thing. There's no cure for eczema. So like everybody has different. There's different types of eczema, and so you kind of have to take it upon yourself to figure out what it is mm-hmm. that's causing the triggers. And before that, I was using a lot of steroidal creams, which only kind of like cause you to be addicted to the cream, and then like when you don't have it, then you know, you, you flare up even even worse. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for you to get off. A lot of people experience a topical steroid withdrawal. So, really? like, their, ex, their their skin flares up because... It's like any withdrawal. Oh, okay, yeah. Luckily, I never... I didn't have to... I didn't experience that. But, like, it was when I was traveling in Costa Rica. Because I like to travel. Like, I, I did a study abroad in Costa Rica back in 2010. And after that, I was like, okay, this has to be a part of my life. But like every time I went somewhere, my skin would flare up. And I was just like, what the heck? Like I thought at first I thought it was food. Then I thought, then I was like, okay, maybe it's a little bit environment. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's, you know, maybe it could be a, a few different things. And so what led me to health coaching or wellness coaching was the fact that like, I couldn't really use my hands to be of service to others and I still wanted to do something in the health realm that was like that resonated with me and 
I've always been into like holistic health because I was just like, there's no way because so before my dad passed away, he suffered a stroke when I was like seven. So he basically, you know, was not able to move his left side for the majority of my life. And I remember him telling me, you know, every day to like get his medicine and he had like seven different bottles mm-hmm. and like 12 different pills, like three mm-hmm. of these, two of those. And in my mind as a kid, I'm just like, how can this be right? Like, how can like every single day he's taking like 12 different pills to survive? Like, how is this living? Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of like saw the, the way my life, my, the way my dad was, was living his life. Um, you know, because before the stroke, he was very active, you know. Oh, we, we played badminton together, you know, me and my sisters, we ride bikes and all of that. And so, you know, I was just really confused. I was like, is this what life is? Like, if you become sick, like now you just take a bunch of pills and just kind of like exist. And that was what I was seeing. And I was like, no, I, I, I know there's more to that. And so I whenever I had my flare ups, I was like, no, I, I feel like there's more to life than these creams like there has to be a way to live your life Mm -hmm. so that you can prevent it and you know maintain a healthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of what got me into that yeah Mm -hmm. and did any doctors you went to ever talk to you about diet or any of these holistic stuff girl no like no here's the cream yes bye exactly it it was that and then I even went to a doctor in Chiang Mai because like Chiang Mai was where I did my uh, Thai massage because my hands were flaring up. I was like, how am I supposed to finish this program? And um, he gave me some creams. And I just started crying. And I was just like, I just felt frustrated because I'm like, I don't understand like how this is the only solution. Yeah. And he was like, you know, you should be lucky because there's other people like experiencing worse things. And I was like, yeah, he's right. But like, this is what I'm experiencing. And mm-hmm. just the, the fact that it's kind of like a little bit dismissed, like, oh, there's worse things out there. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe there are worse things, but like, this is what I'm experiencing. And I feel like, you know, we should be more compassionate to the things that people are, are going through mm-hmm. because maybe it's not your struggle, but we're all kind of like dealing with it on our own way. And I think that that should at the very least be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's why I was like, you know, let's just do, let's just do this because I feel like I have, I I definitely have the the story and also the the education behind to at least guide people to, you know, find their own way to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. So was there a, a book you read or like a person you came across or something that was kind of an aha moment for you Mm, in terms of like the coaching actually yeah because I you know I I studied exercise science in in school and then I went to massage school and then I I just wanted something that would require me to be less physical and in a way that would like generate income for me and um there was I, I was looking in IIN you know how social media is like once you start looking for it, it's like every yes. single website yeah. is like IIN IIN yes. <laughs> it's like oh my gosh is this a sign or is this like algorithm um, what's IIN yeah it's, it, uh, the, sorry the uh, uh, integrative the school of inter, uh, integrative yeah. institute of nutrition yeah integrative institute of nutrition yes. yeah. yeah so it's kind of like okay. yeah it's um I feel like quite a few people have, have done it before. There was a girl yeah. in my in my hometown, or, and she had done the program. And her mom, her and her mom, own like a um, uh, a food a food a cafe, mm-hmm. Dell's Deli in the states. And I used to love their food. And when I found out that she did that program also, and I was like, okay, that's really cool. And then there was another girl 
on YouTube that had done it and was leaving reviews. And her name is, well, she's called Sweet Potato Soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started watching some of her videos and the, her videos were just such high quality and like she has so many different recipes. I was like, wow, like if, if you could like pivot your career mm-hmm. into this, I think maybe IIN might be the, the starting point for me for that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what, what that was. Mm, so like not really an aha moment, I guess. I mm. guess it was just like a bunch of research. Yeah. <laughs> so did you end up doing that program? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I did. Yeah, I did. And, was uh, it good? Yeah, it was. It was so it, it's good as far as like giving you the information that you need to be a health coach. But as far as like the business side, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, they're kind of like, all right, here's a few videos go for it you know (laughs) and especially now with like after coronavirus how everything is just like pivoting in the way you kind of like you know sign your clients on and like maintain them and all this thing so it's like you have to constantly be willing to like you know transition yourself and you know Mm -hmm. be adaptable to whatever's happening so i feel like that i definitely had to do a little bit of that as well Mm -hmm. yeah no the reason i asked about kind of the aha moment was because i was telling you just before how i'm doing a holistic health coach certification as well yeah and for me it's like i came across this woman elisa biddy who talks about cycle syncing like helping your PMS symptoms and just talking a lot about the harmful effects of birth control and about how it seems like you go to the doctor with these problems and they're just like, here you go, take the pill, Mm. but you don't really learn about all the side effects and you you don't really learn about how simple diet and lifestyle changes can actually solve most of your problems. Like literally. yeah, Yeah. But then you just end up on this pill and then your body is is relying on it and then Mm -hmm. yeah you go through these withdrawal symptoms when you come off and then the pms comes back even worse because you weren't solving the root cause of the problem you were just covering up the symptoms so that that just brought me down the whole rabbit hole of like oh my gosh yeah yeah that's really that's really awesome Mm -hmm. yeah so for me i i i just i just really believe that we all have our own ability to heal Mm -hmm. and you know no matter what it is, you know, I think it just takes some time of like, you know, doing a little bit of digging and doing a little bit of kind of, you know, figuring out what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people really like the yoga asana practice and mm-hmm. they practice that a lot. And and I did for a long time and I, and I still do every now and then, but you know, the, the asana is, is, doesn't necessarily resonate with me as much as it used to. Not as much as the pranayama, the breath work. Not as much as the mantra chanting, you know. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things that I, I found, at least for me in my practice, that really, really resonate. Mm-hmm. Like, I love music. I love to sing. And I feel like just the vibrations of, like, different mantras when I chant them just really mm-hmm. just does something to my spirit. And yes. so, you know, I think it's just, like, finding what it is that you like and works mm-hmm. for you. And that's why I hate when people market, like, this is the one thing you have to do, or, like, this one thing will change your life. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. no, 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 we're all on our journey of trying out different things and seeing what works for us. Yeah. And all yeah. of our bodies are different. All of our right. souls are different. Very true. But that doesn't sell, though, as a... Exactly. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's like, you know, like, you know, five simple steps. It's like, okay. And then you read the steps, and you're like... <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Were you ever a yoga instructor when you came to Vietnam? I think I remember you. Yeah, I did for a little bit. Yeah. I did for a little bit. I was teaching out of my house. <laughs> yeah. So I have like, you know, small classes and that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I currently teach a yoga class at Saigon Pearl 
like an international school after school for the teachers. Mm-hmm. So I still do that. And I also incorporate a little bit of the breath work because yeah. I, just, I just love uh, pranayama and I love mantra chanting, as I said before. But I felt like, um, oh, that was another thing. So <clears throat> my eczema started flaring up. Like right as I had just, you know, because I just came back from India. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, finished my, you know, health coaching program. I got my yoga certificate, you know, I'm ready to go. And then my skin flared up. Each year was this? Sorry. Uh, this was uh, 2019. 2000, okay, yeah, just, it was 2019. Yeah. And I just, I, I, you know, at, at that point, I kind of got, I, I, I'll be honest, I kind of went into a dark place because, like, I just didn't really know what to do because I felt like, this whole, <clears throat> I, I always say that my eczema is kind of like my secret healer. It kind of like pivots me mm-hmm. even when I'm not ready to pivot. And I was just, and I just got so down on myself. I was like, man, here I am like wanting to start this career and like do it like full on. And the more full on I do it, the more my body is like resisting it because I'm like driving and I'm like, sweating and I'm just like feeling really uncomfortable. And so I was just like, you know what? I am just going to work, focus on myself. I need to focus on myself and just like really dig deep. Like what is what is up? <laughs> because in order for me to be of service to others, I also need to understand what's going on with my body. And so, but I just I just had so much guilt. I was like, I just finished doing this and I was doing this. Like society is telling me that I have to keep going, you know? But in reality, I was like, no, no. you need to slow down. So when Corona hit, honestly, I was just like, thank yes. you universe. Because I I knew I needed to slow down and the universe was like, no, you're gonna slow down. <laughs> I mean, I, I do feel for the people who are in other countries that don't have it, you know, like us, where we can actually be in the same room, you know, in close proximity, have these events in close proximity mm-hmm. and not have the fear or the threat of coronavirus affecting mm-hmm. us as much. And I do have my heart out to those who have lost people mm-hmm. be- due to it. But I, I do feel like in my experience, I'm, I'm very grateful exactly. that that happened because, mm-hmm. you know, I do feel like there's a lot of introspection for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was definitely something that was good for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I did mm-hmm. the exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know, where I was like, okay, there is no point to fight yeah. you know, the, the pandemic in itself. And, you know, it, you just have to sit and contemplate. Yeah. And what you said, it's, yeah, we, we, I have tremendous compassion for what's happening around the world. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're very grateful for what we have here. And, you know, it's for us to take advantage of that. Yeah. What did it look like for you to do the work? Like for people listening, they're like, what? I, uh, what is internal work? Like, yeah. You know, you know yeah. So like, yeah. Could you uh, talk about what that looked like for you? Yeah. So me... I'm I'm typically a a a, a bubbly person. Uh, I I can have bubbly qualities, but then I can also there's, there's this old meme. It's like this one girl with like a pink dress, and she's like out in the sun, very bright. And there's this like girl in black. She's kind of like sitting slunched over with like shades, and it's like oh my two sides coexisting together, you know. And I kind of feel like that that's me, you know. And so I feel like doing the internal work was kind of like going into those dark areas of my personality, you know, the things that people say about me, like. kind of like the I don't want to say negative things but the things that can have negative consequences right Mm -hmm. Um, I know sometimes I can be a little bit rigid or a little bit analytical or just whatever and I just really stop to say okay where does where does when did that start where did that come from how is that serving me you know and like what is 
preventing me from from moving forward with that you know Mm -hmm. why do I feel like in certain situations I need to be in control or why in certain situations like little things frustrate me when in reality I should be happy or I should you know and if and if and if it's that then like you know can you just honor that you know for a moment without brushing it over Mm -hmm. when my dad passed away I I just became really busy, you know, and I wasn't really thinking, I was just doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that happens a lot whenever I'm like thinking about something. And so for me, the internal work was like, okay, Crystal, you are doing a lot. Is this because you are feeling a certain way? Or, and if it's so, like, what, what is that emotion? Like, can you, can you name it for me so that, you know, we can talk about it? Mm -hmm. And so it it was a lot of that. It was a lot of like, you know, trying to figure out why am I not showing up for, why can I not show up for myself? But like for everybody else, I'm like bending over backwards, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was, it was just a lot of that and feeling like these feelings of like, do you feel like you are worthy to show up for yourself? And, you know, it was just like sitting back and being like, okay, well, where, where did all this come from? Why am I feeling like this? And so, yeah, it was just a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of like, phone calls to my mom who is like amazing and just being like you know I've been feeling like this or you know I don't I want to share these things with you mm-hmm. so one thing that I do now though um especially with my mom like she's just been such she's just an amazing person and I mean everybody can probably say that for somebody that's close to them my mom is that person and uh, the other day I just called her and I was like you know what, mom I just want to thank you for the way you raised me thank you for instilling these beliefs in me thank you for your willingness to you know just guide me and love me and just be there for me you know because as I get older I realize not everybody has that and I should be thankful for that that I have a parent that listens to me I always tell people my mom has always been the same age as me like she's like her 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 soul is like timeless mm-hmm. like she just knows how to talk and connect with you in such a way that makes you feel seen mm-hmm. and she's an amazing storyteller and I always just say if I could just have an ounce of her awesomeness <laughs> then I'm good you yeah. know <laughs> so and I t- and I and now I tell her these things like when I'm thinking of it I'm like oh I gotta call my mm-hmm. mom mm-hmm. because I you don't know tomorrow you don't know where, right, where you're right. gonna be or what will happen you ever had a disagreement with your mom yeah, I mean, I've had disagreement. Okay, so like the way me and my mom's relationship was is like I've always been a little bit independent, and even if I got even when I got in trouble, like I I actually went to jail like when I was in seven when I was seventeen. Yeah, oh, I was bad. No, I was so I was just you know I was quote bad, but I think now that I now that I'm older, I think it was just mis like just misdirected like frustration. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I was just hanging around the wrong guy. And just some groups of people were not the most influential for me. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I didn't know what I, like, I almost didn't graduate university, uh, high school mm-hmm. because, I mean, I was, I was always really smart, but I just didn't, I never cared, you know? Mm-hmm. I, like, didn't care enough to, you know, want to be good. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm good, but just good enough. Like, I've mm-hmm. always been that kind of person. And my mom, she, she was like, okay, well, you'll, she'll figure it out. Like it was always just like okay, well, she'll figure, she'll figure it out. Yeah. So I'm just kind of used to like I guess figuring things out uh, on my own. And so that 
you know, my mom actually came to visit me in 2018 and I, and I, and I brought that up to her, you know, and I was like, you know, I, did, I felt like growing up, uh, you know, I was always had to kind of figure things out. Whereas if it was like another one, of my sisters be like, Oh no, everybody, we must rally together. And, uh, but one thing about my mom is like, even if we don't agree at that moment, she will go back, think about it and say, Crystal, you know what? That when you told me that, then we'll okay. just have another conversation. So never really any big disagreements, just maybe misunderstandings that are definitely just talked out. Mm -hmm. That's that's also another cultural thing. We talk about culture. Like when I went to Nigeria, like if there's any problem, everybody will like sit in a circle and talk about it. Mm. So yeah. it sounds like the basically to sum up doing the internal work for you was a lot of self-reflection and asking yourself these questions. Yeah. And then also speaking your truth to the people that you felt like you needed to say something to yeah to kind of yeah I feel like that's that's very healing to mm -hmm. have those moments of openness like hey this is how I felt yeah mm -hmm. uh, yeah I like I like that type of when you said that you know you dig deeper in the uh, the negative uh, side mm -hmm. I guess or the darker side that we have that can have negative impacts on others mm -hmm. I think that's what I did too for the whole year where I went like okay it's always good to praise yourself and it's important for your self esteem but you know Raising yourself also come with acknowledging your dark side because it's part yeah, of you. Yeah, it is part of you. <laughs> part yeah. Of you. Like, for as much love as you can give, there is as, as much hatred that you can give. To yeah. Me. So for me, it was really defining where the hatred in my life had been. It was uh. very, very hard for me at the beginning. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I want to ask about when, when you first started going down this path of like holistic health and wellness and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Was there any pushback from any friends or family especially when you went vegan like was that something for people to have something to say about oh my gosh yes <laughs> again like I've always been kind of I've always been like a kind of weird person people never understood like even when I was in massage school like I would like the, the lunches that I would bring you know like and mame with like you know jalapeno hummus or whatever people were like what what is who is this girl you know what I mean and I just think it's because I don't know I, I, I again I just feel like from an early age I've always been like I think after seeing like what happened with my with my dad and just knowing that like you can get sick any moment. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are. I was like, okay, I need to just kind of make sure I'm always, you know, doing this and I don't want to take a handful of pills, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, even in school and like university especially, like I, I was always eating healthy because, you know, I just wanted to be healthy and people would say girl why are you eating like that now i mean you, it's, you're so young like you know just eat the burger or whatever yeah, and, and it's just like yeah i mean you can eat it that's fine you know but it's like i know why i'm doing what i'm doing you know mm -hmm. and so that's kind of what what always kept me and then um i was doing some i was doing some jiva mukti yoga at the time so jiva mukti is basically about like liberation uh like uh freedom for all, compassion towards animals. And that was when the kind of vegetarian veganism started happening. This was like, I would say the same year my dad passed away. Cause I was just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm willing to try anything to kind of like figure things out. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so one of- 
So your dad passed away in 2013, is that right? Yeah, my dad passed away and, in 2013. And he got diagnosed. Uh, uh, he had a stroke at, in 2007. No, my dad, my dad had a stroke. Okay, so I was born in 89. And I was like, so my dad had a stroke like 1997, 98. Okay, when you were seven, you said. Yeah, when okay, I was, when I was yeah. seven. Yeah, and, when and I was during, seven. To piece that time I know, yeah. I, that's the thing, I, I keep jumping from here to there. Yeah. there. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so... When you were seven, so 1999 approximately. Yeah, right? roughly but, around then. Yeah, so when you were seven and then he passed away in 2013. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I can feel the impact that he had in, I mean, the whole, I guess, sickness and the fact that he was taking the pills yeah. really, really impacted you. Yeah, uh, because like, it, you know, most, you know, f- foreign fathers right mm-hmm. it's like even like he was a professor and you know he was always like okay your homework needs to be on the table before you go to bed mm-hmm. i'm gonna check it and then when you check it you put it in your book bag like mm-hmm. he was very like and then you know he would always take us to school before going to to work yeah. so like he would just always very like you have to get good grades like you have to do all of these things he was very very rigid in that regard and then when the stroke happened boom everything totally changed Mm-hmm. He just didn't really, I mean, care. Yeah. Like, he didn't care about if he did the homework or not. Like, he didn't care about those things. I mean, he was dealing with his own stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was, for a long time, I was very angry. But, you know, I, I, I did this one activity, and it was very powerful. And I, and, I, and I don't think I was, I used to think it was anger, but I realized it was resentment. It was resentment for what had happened mm-hmm. and always wishing it had been different. It's mm-hmm. like the more you can kind of really fine tune exactly what it is, mm-hmm. then you can start to release it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like putting the pieces in a puzzle. Like this may almost kind of fit, but like, yeah, unless yeah. it's like, you know, and that's why I love mantras because mantras literally mean like mind tool and like the way you say it and the way you read it unlocks different parts of your mind. And so, you know, I love to chant them because I feel like those are unlocking different things. And mm-hmm. I just love music. I just love the vibration. Mm-hmm. So, And I want to ask, are people receptive to the types of things that you suggest? Or is there pushback of like, oh, that's too woo-woo, like yeah. spiritual stuff? Yeah. I just feel like when I'm trying to tell people about these things and mm-hmm. I'm like, we don't need medication and all this, people yeah. are like, Eh, right no i feel that and it's funny because i even though i've I've been doing this for like i don't know a little over a year i I, i'm still i still feel like such a beginner and one thing that i'm one thing that i am learning is the vetting process right so it's like ideally and 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 it's for both people it's like you want you want to be you want to work with people who want to work and yeah. that you resonate with and I think that's now like the more and more I do this the more I realize how important it is because it's important for their healing process also mm-hmm. if you are trying to help someone who may be a little bit resistant to those things it's a little bit more challenging for their mm-hmm. healing process yeah I feel like I've learned to stop trying to convince people mm-hmm. I mean I'm still learning this but it's hard for me to not want to just like oh come on like yeah yeah I want you to see the light yeah (laughs) no I feel that one thing that the my health coach program taught me is like you want to you want to work with people who are already interested yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) because it's much easier to get them to work with you and way less energy that you have to spend spend. it takes so much energy Mm -hmm. trying to convince convince someone someone yeah so do you think like did you find I'm gonna jump on uh, we're jumping all over the place. That's okay. So, so did you find a, a theory behind your the reason of your eczema for your hands? Ah, okay. So and it and it happens on my body too. So I've 
been able to nail down my triggers because I've like been detoxing so like mm-hmm. that the cleansing and detoxing is like literal game changer for me mm-hmm. so it is triggered not i don't i don't know it's so definitely like salicylic acids so like tomatoes or pineapples uh fruits or vegetables that are highly acidic cause me to flare up dairy cause me inflammation mm-hmm. so those are the ones that i've seen eggs cause me to flare up environment so I had, an, I had like an Ayurveda test and uh, like a consultant, and he told me that I thrive best in cold, dry climate. <laughs> Welcome to Vietnam. Good. Totally opposite of where I'm at. Yes, I understand that. <laughs> so, yeah, just making sure that I am, you know, keeping my skin covered and uh, just trying to stay as dry as possible. Mm-hmm. And then also there was stress stress i would say is like the big one mm-hmm. that you that you never know because it's like that's like the last one you think about mm-hmm. but like stress so like all i want to do just so used to stress all the time yes we're just in a chronic state of stress Stress, yeah and so now i'm just like if it's gonna cause me stress i do not want to do it because my skin's looking good right now mm-hmm. like i'm not <laughs> so like what's your support system here in, in vietnam so You know, when you when you try to do those new things, so your coaching career, mm. uh, when you fail and when you have successes, who do you share it with and who is there part of that, you know, system for support? Oh, definitely my boyfriend and actually my cat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Tony. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, been, he's, <laughs> he's been my little homie yeah. for a while. Yeah. Like yeah. even when I was, you know, practicing like yoga, like two hours, like every other day, like he would be on the mat, like, mm. you know, he'd be scratching, but he'd, you know, yeah, yeah. be there like, go mommy, go. Mm. And even in like pole now, it's like, if, if I'm doing a good job on the pole, he'll, he'll definitely watch. But like, <laughs> if it's not that great, he just kind of like, all right, well, I'm just going to wait until it, <laughs> it gets interesting. So yeah, he's definitely been that, but also even, I mean, not even just that, but like just his presence, yeah, you yeah. know? I knew when I moved to Vietnam, I, I wanted an animal because, like, mm-hmm. I wanted something to love, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like he's very much been that for me. Mm-hmm. So as far as, like, emotional support, mm-hmm. I would say for sure my cat. And I love him to death. Like, yeah. I speak positivity to him all the time. I just say, you're so amazing. Thank you so much for being in my life. Oh. Like, you just bring me so much joy. I tell him that all the time, mm-hmm. even though he's like, whatever. <laughs> Where's the wet food? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah but definitely my boyfriend my boyfriend has been so supportive like he's just such yeah. an amazing person like I'm very grateful to yeah. have him in my life yeah mm-hmm. and my yeah. family too family. yeah and so how did you um, how do you handle you know failures I think it's very important for yeah understand. for sure how I handle failures um I gotta think of something that I failed at. Uh, <laughs> I never because, fail. <laughs> because I'm so perfect. Um, Mistakes? What is yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, you know, one thing I like to do is I always like to, you know, if there's somebody to help me, you know, with feedback, if I failed in front of someone or whatever, it's like, it's I like to get the feedback and I like to just kind of see what ways that I can improve and then, you know, little by little, small increments, just try to see if I can improve it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm definitely not a perfect person and uh, I just I just believe that, like, that's, for me, the best way, just getting positive, or, like, you know, feedback from people that you trust their opinion mm-hmm. and you know just little by little finding ways that you can improve that 
tell us more about this whole pole dancing thing. I, I remember the first time I was like creeping you on Facebook. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, she does pole dancing. I didn't know like there was a community about this. And yeah. Yes. How did you get into it? So I got into it because at the time I was actually doing uh, aerial silks. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be this aerial silk extraordinaire, you know. And then like all the teachers that were teaching moved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Uh, and so that I saw um, at Pretty Pole, they had, um, they there was like a new studio. I was like, oh, my gosh, like nobody, okay, I'll go here. So I saw the videos and I was like, oh, this is super awesome. And I wanted to maintain my like upper body strength. And I remember the first day I went in there, I was like, okay, well, I'm only coming to this class until the other class opens up. <laughs> and like three years later, I'm still doing it, you know. But yeah, it was really, I, I didn't realize actually how healing that is. Mm-hmm. You know, like pole dancing is actually quite healing. Like shout out to all like the strippers and all of that for making it mainstream because I feel like we definitely need to give credit to them. It's not just like out of out of nowhere, everybody's mm-hmm. doing it. But like I totally get it, you know. It's like you put on a song and you're just kind of like spinning and like mm-hmm. making these shapes and like really pushing your body. It's just really therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really therapeutic. I don't know if it's the spin or what, but like it's just nice to just listen to the music and just kind of allow your body to flow well you probably have to be so present because if, yes. if you're not you're gonna fall, fall down very true yeah that's very true I'm, I'm always in awe watching it because i'm just like holy shit that takes so much strength yeah so much like presence. attention yeah that's a good word i like the i like presence i never even thought of that but yeah you, you definitely do because like if you want it or like if you're doing it to music like if you want it to happen at that certain point you have to kind of like set yourself up and then you know just mm-hmm. be yeah you really just have to be but yeah I, I didn't realize how therapeutic that was and i was like oh my gosh it's so addi-. like literally when people say it's addicting it is so addicting yeah. so yeah. you fell in love instantly with it or yeah i fell in love instantly yeah. i literally fell in love with it instantly because yeah. you know you just it, it's like you you're always improving it's like once you get good mm-hmm. then you you start to like have to work harder to get better mm-hmm. and then you have to keep working harder and then there's so many different ways you can interpret it yeah. you know i felt um i feel like sometimes and you know i'm not knocking yoga asana i did it for a long time <laughs> i still do it from time to time i teach it occasionally um but i just felt like you know people were like oh you gotta be flexible flexible every time i tell somebody about yoga it's like, oh i'm not flexible flexible mm-hmm. flexible and i'm like Ah, it's more than flexibility. Yeah. And like <laughs> pictures on Instagram. <laughs> so, so I just, I just, I, I guess I got a little bit jaded. I got a little yeah, bit jaded yeah. um, from yoga. And, I, and, and one thing I like about pole is that like you can do it with shoes, you can do it without shoes, you can do it mm-hmm. on a spin pole, you can do it without spinning, you can be sexy, you can be sporty, you can be creative. There's the, like literally the, the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. And I love that because then you can't really say, oh, well, you need to be this or you need to be that because you can just be, like mm-hmm. you were saying, be present and, you know, just explore that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you did a competition. Not long oh, yeah, that was cool. That was very, I had never done like a, something where I'm competing solo with other people. So that was an experience in itself. Yeah, I mean, I didn't place, but I definitely uh, I appreciated the experience to be able to push myself 
And I learned a lot about myself, you know, Mm -hmm. about just like working really hard for something and feeling like the sense of accomplishment. It was really, it was just a great experience. And, you know, it's like, even though it, it, and the thing is like, it it can be a bit isolating sometimes too, because it's like you're training and doing all these things. Meanwhile, people are like living their Mm -hmm. normal lives, you know (laughs) what I mean? Which also brought a little bit of, uh, I don't know, um... I don't know, I just felt a little, I just, I had to really kind of like go within myself and really just focus on myself. Because at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you're competing with other people, but you're really competing with yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was something that really resonated with me. And just, you know, sometimes you have to just motivate yourself. And sometimes you just have to do things even when you don't want to. I feel like a lot of times we stigmatize discipline. Like discipline is a bad thing, but I love discipline. I welcome discipline to into my existence. Like that's why I like detoxing and cleansing. In the beginning, it was more about oh, feeling good, the energy, yeah, that. But I like the practice of disciplining myself to do something for an extended amount of time from the start to the end. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there's just something about after you do that, I just felt like I like leveled up. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like in mm-hmm. this like like in this space of like, okay, yeah. what's next? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I just I just like that feeling. How is the community for pole dancing? I'm going back to that because I really want to know more. Yeah, I mean the, the the community is great. One of the reasons why I wanted to do the 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 pole the Viet Pole mm-hmm. Championship was to create like a bigger community. To me, mm-hmm. I feel like pole is not just the individual studio that you that you that you danced for it's it's everyone it's like all of vietnam you know and i met a lot of different pole dancers from all over vietnam and like just like everybody was just amazing Mm -hmm. you know and i'm just i'm just saying to myself like this caliber of people exist and are like doing amazing things and Mm -hmm. i feel like that should be celebrated as as Mm -hmm. a a whole community so as far as you know the community I, i would say it's yeah, I mean, I I know I'm somebody who 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 likes community. I mean, I'm from a big family, but I do I do feel like sometimes it's like we're over here and they're over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. for me, I that's not my personality. Yeah. So I'm the type of person that kind of like mingles around and then like mm-hmm. never sits down at a party. But mm-hmm. like you know, as far as that, yeah, I, I definitely feel like you know the championship to me was something to you know create more community yeah, yeah. and I, I know to go and do pole dancing already you have to have a level of not giving a fuck about people's judgments oh for, for sure. sure especially when you're shaking your ass <laughs> my gosh <laughs> yeah definitely I mean you have to you know it, again it's kind of like how you portray yourself mm-hmm. also too you know and I, I and I honestly think even if you portray yourself a certain way so what you know it's like this is what I want to you know this is how I want to be and this is who I am and I feel like it's very liberating I feel like the more I, the longer I practice the, the smaller my clothes gets <laughs> but it's but it's, it's for two things it's like you you feel more confident and also too it's like you need more skin to like do harder tricks like you can't see, go yeah. on there with like shorts and like try uh-huh. to do a hard trick like you need your thigh your upper thigh uh-huh. to like grip onto the pole and do something uh-huh. so um yeah i just feel like it's so empowering especially in a place like vietnam come on like mm-hmm. you know where i just feel like everybody's a little bit more conservative than the u.s i mean the u.s is like uh-huh. out there you know <laughs> so I, I i admire actually the women who are willing to do it and i've, I've met so many awesome women like 
mothers and all of that just mm-hmm. like pole dancing and it's such a beautiful mm-hmm. thing so what's your uh, what's the plan for the future <laughs> my plan for the future <laughs> Well, let's ask Corona. Let's see what are, what are their plans because I can have plans and then. <laughs> um, so my plan for the future in terms of my my personal development is, um, yeah, just uh, continue to grow my one-on-one uh, business, uh, wanting to do more community events and, you know, putting myself out there and uh, just getting to meet more people. I feel like you know, I've been here almost five years. Sometimes I just get so like, like, oh, I just want to be at home and, and all of mm-hmm. that. Cause I guess I just get comfortable, but you know, stepping out of my comfort zone and mm-hmm. just like, you know, meeting people. Cause I'm sure there's people here that I've never met before. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to do that. And yeah, I've, I've actually started teaching pole exotic at Polina dance studio. Mm-hmm. It's in district seven. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, I have some, you know, availability for one-on-one coaching if anybody's interested in balancing their life using any of the modalities that I've learned that have helped me out and yeah just continue to you know be as the best person I can be and love my cat and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah just just live a simple life you know awesome yeah. and do you have any this episode would release on January 28th do you have any upcoming sort of events or anything you're doing in terms of your business that you would want to ah yeah so actually on january 28th i am doing a a goddess healing circle and this month we're going to be focusing on chakras so we will talk about the chakras what they mean uh everybody will have their own individual assessment and then we'll talk about like uh different ways that you can kind of heal them and we'll do some pranayama breath work to support that and of course, mantra chanting because I love singing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is at uh, Nafi Suits in Taudian. It starts at eight thirty and it goes to ten p.m. And yeah, if you're interested in you know just meeting and you know collaborating with a bunch of beautiful women in the community and just like uplifting your spirits together. And so you are on Facebook and Instagram, Eclectic Healing. Yeah. So a uh, Facebook. Facebook is Eclectic Healing, and then uh, on Instagram is The Eclectic Healer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So those we'll, are my we'll two. We'll put all those links. My two places. What does Sagon represent for you in three words or one sentence? Sorry, we didn't warn you before. <laughs> no, it's okay. It, in, uh, Since we're creators in Sagon. Yeah, and in three words or uh, one sentence. Yeah. Sagon to me is... Hmm. It's interesting. Saigon to me would be a place where dreams are born. <laughs> yeah. Where dreams are born. Yeah, a place where yeah. dreams are born. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, you know, yeah, I, I feel like that. I feel like it's a, just a place where you can grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. People are people are intrigued enough to like try it. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. try any. Oh, okay, we can say a Saigon. Try anything once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's yes. my final one. Try anything once. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> that's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> any message you would want to leave to the audience? Ah, any message? Okay, well, I actually have a quote because I felt like you know. 
I don't know. I just felt like this resonated with me, and I just wanted to share for mm-hmm. those of you. Because sometimes I feel like it can be a little bit dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have I have some light, but I'm just a little bit dark, right? <laughs> so I found this quote. I thought it was really uh, resonated with me. It says, "Everyone wants to be the sun that lights up your life, but I'd rather be your moon." So I can shine on you during your darkest hour when your sun isn't around. Oh, yeah, I love that. And so I feel like I'm I'm very much a moon. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna steal this. <laughs> yeah, take it, take I it. Think, you know, moon energy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 love that. I think love we will that. put that quote uh, for the uh, yeah. for the episode. That's very nice. Thank you so much. Crystal yeah, for sharing you. with us. Yeah, thank you guys amazing. for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. This is my first podcast. Yay. So I'm really excited. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Creators in Saigon. If you liked this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts and sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you next time.